What's up, guys? We are back with the Shark Lab talking Millie Maker secrets for NFL Week Five. And Burns, the writer of the author of Winning the Million Dollar Game: Secrets of Unlocking the DraftKings Millie Maker, available on Amazon. Link in the description below. What's going on, Burns? Hey, not too much. Um, you know, it's been a wild and wacky year this year. We've had some really good wins on um, at the DFS Army. You know, Nolan, he took down 50K uh, in week three. And then we had uh, Sox Fever 51. He won himself a um, King of the Beach contest ticket. So congrats to both of those guys and everyone else that is just crushing this year at DFS Army. Absolutely. No, it's been a really great start. We crushed it last week. Um, la last week, week, week four was particularly spectacular. Listen, I don't want to pat myself on the back too hard on that one, but you know, Nico Collin, like we just, we just really hit some yeah. really good spots in, in week four, um, getting off of, uh, like I said, getting off of Dell for Collins was a big one. Um, the core plan, Kyron Williams really helped out last week. Um, you know, Richardson who I put my brand on comes through at the end. Which was a really worried nice. about him. I was worried. I was worried. I was ready for a mass cancellations event. <laughs> you know, you know what it is. You're only as yeah. good as your last. You could crush it week three. You you mess something up in week four, gonzo. That's how it goes, guys. Um, so I was ready. I was ready yeah, for it, but that's that's how we do it. That's why we have the NFL, not for long, right? Those are the abbreviations. <laughs> All day, right? So with that being said, one of the things I love to do as we are talking about taking down the Millie Maker, how to win big tournaments on DraftKings is let's go and see what won on DraftKings last week. What took down the million? Um, so let's let's bring up the old results database over here on Roto Grinders. And you'll see that for the Millie Maker this past week, the first place lineup. Let's take a look at this. Oh, my goodness. I can't even believe what I'm seeing. Oh, yeah, it does have digs. So I was like, wait, digs isn't in this. Josh Allen to Stefan Diggs in a stack. Right, Christian yeah. McCaffrey, who was a core play, Khalil Herbert, who was in my best lineup as well, really good play this past week. Um, great matchup. Nico Collins, my guy, and then a little chalk here in Thielen and, and Fryermuth that failed. But I think the 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 craziest play in this lineup and what made it deserving. Chargers defense was core play for me as well. So I mean, I like it when I look at this and I've got like my core play, my core play, my right. core play, my core play, like. Core on, on charges, even like five or six. This is why a lot of us did so well. But the key to this lineup was Michael Wilson. What with a 26.6. Yeah. So that, that's what made this one work. I don't know if you can hear the cat screaming in the background, but she's very oh, yeah. uh, Hang on. A yeah. So Wilson is the key, was the key last week, Burns. And, but here's what I found really interesting. Number one, once again, do we have a bring back from Miami? No. No. It's just a single stack, Josh Allen to Stefan Diggs. And that continues to be a theme this year. I have a whole theory about single stacks and and why it continues to work, but that's the theme this year. No bring back, no game stack. This says game stack, actually. No, it's just the uh, QB plus one. Why does it say game stack? Because this tool is not very good, but um, okay. And then, and then again, a bunch of core plays, but here's what I found interesting, Burns. As you look through the top 10 lineups, 
the quarterback changes. There's no consistency at QB this week. You could have done it any number of ways. Here's a Stroud, Tank Dell who tanked. Nico Collins double stack. So Stroud, Collins, Dell. But in this case, he got Cole Komet in there, which was a key. You needed him at tight end to really be, you know, in the game. And of course, Dallas defense was also. Anytime you get a 27-pointer on your defense at, at a low ownership, you're going to get some uh, leverage there. And of course, Devon uh, Achan. Yeah, and Cole Komet was, you know, he was a guy that we were talking about a lot last week, too, as a potential stack partner with um, Fields. Probably the best stack partner with fields and he actually was the best stack partner if you go by um value i know uh, i'm surprised at how low the scores are in the millie maker this week um all things uh, considered yeah they're they've been pretty low except for uh the one week i think it was what week three it exploded you know we had pretty close to 300 points um but you know it's been pretty low scoring relative to um prior years but you know, DFS Army, we were on all over the Comet. We were all over a few, a lot of these spots, you know, Fields. We were on him. We were on Richardson. We were on Allen. So. That was a really good, like I said, it was a really good um, a week for the breakdowns. Uh, a lot of Cortland Sutton in these lineups. But here's another C.J. Stroud, um, uh, another C.J. Stroud lineup. Again, McCaffrey, once Eli... Williams, once he, once he was out, you had yeah. When he was ruled out, I was like, "Oh my God, load up on Christian McCaffrey because who else are they going to run out there?" So that was a really easy one. Um, Devon, you know, again, he did it the week before. You know, it was going to be a smash game, or it was an a plus matchup for Miami running game, as we noticed from the um, power ranking sheet that we have, and so it just it just made sense to play some of him and Mostert. It was Devon who uh, worked out well. And Nico Collins was just like, let's get off of Dell this week and switch it up. A lot of stuff, a lot of stuff really worked out as we thought. So, um, you know, we saw some incredible scores. I think uh, Larry B put up like a 239, which would have been good in 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 his takedown, which would have been good for um, seventh or 15th place here in a 7K win in the Millie Maker as well. But I just thought it was really interesting that the QBs, you know, Russell Wilson in the top 10, Josh Allen again. Josh Allen, so Fields, so within the top 10 finishers, there were three or four different quarterbacks, which is unusual. unusual. Yeah, generally it's just one or two. Yeah. Um, and mostly, again, single stacks, and the double stack wasn't needed. No. Yeah. we. I don't think we've seen, um, well, we might have one week seen a double stack, but. I haven't seen yet where the double stack was actually accretive to the lineup. And that's really interesting. So double stacks are fine, but sometimes the second player, like one of these top tens has, has um, a double stack in it. Right. But it wasn't like the double stack was helping. Yeah. This third place tank, the tank Dell portion of this stack was not helpful. Like he got third place with freaking tank Dell and a 3.9. That is crazy. This was a very, very winnable week. So let's move on. It is week five. The season is flying by Burns. And um, let's just get into some of these games, these game tiles, and see what the the Shark Lab has to say about this particular week. So let's start, as usual, with the quarterback position. And what I'm going to do is throw up the um, the, the Domination Station game tiles on screen so we can sort of see 
what the uh, what the spreads and the totals and all that stuff are for these games and and talk about games to target and games not to target. So Burns right at the top of the list, obviously. You know, we've got two games here that really stand out above the others. We've got this KC at the Vikings game, and we've got the Eagles at the Rams. So with those three games, you're talking Cousins, Josh Allen, and Jalen Hurts' viable QB plays. Of that group, how are you looking to attack these games and, and those quarterbacks? You know, I like... This week, I like Jalen Hurts a lot. I think he's got a really good path um, because L uh, Los Angeles Rams can keep it close here, and uh, that's going to force him to have to do more um, in this game. Also, like Mahomes, he's got the coveted 100 DS ranking this week so far through Thursday. So, you know, that coveted 100 is always something that's pleasant to see when you got that you know guys have done very good when we see that 100 coveted ds ranking um you know cousins on the other side um kansas city is they've they've seemed to be a pretty tough defense against the pass this year um, unless you're unless you're uh zach wilson tort he torched these guys yeah i think that might have been an anomaly but you know <laughs> Uh, he did. He did have a good game last week. I mean, um, that happened. I don't know what I, it happened. Yeah, I watched yeah. it. I saw it. Yeah, it was interesting. I was like, what is going on here? But um, yeah, you know, everybody looked like they were kind of stuck in the mud for Kansas City. It was weird. Um, but yeah, the, you know, <clears throat> like I like Hurts this, this week. On the other side of the Hurts, you know, the, Stafford, he. He's, he's just a guy that, you know, he has to throw a lot of touchdowns. He has to throw three-plus touchdowns to be able to get in the winning Millie Maker lineup, and I just don't know if he has the ability to do it anymore. Um, I don't I don't have any uh, interest in, in Stafford no. um, at all. Yeah. He hasn't had – it's been multiple seasons since he's produced a, a tournament-level score. Um, I like the pass catchers there. Yeah, especially if we have no Cooper Cup in this. Nakua – and Tutu Atwell become your de facto two guys, two wide receivers. Um, I to be honest with you, I, this is not a running back game um, for the Rams. I think the Rams get shut down in the run game, and it forces them to have to pass a lot more in the in this game. Um, and that's why I think uh, Kyron Williams probably not going to be a factor in this game much. Um, but on the other side of the ball, I do I do feel like Swift can be a factor in this game. I think he's going to have a very, very good game. Uh, it's basically him as the main guy in this line in this roster for their offense. I love uh, it for the running back position. And you know, Kenneth Gainwell at all behind him are just starting to dwindle and dwindle and dwindle in snap share and in rush percentage. I mean, it's it's incredible to see how Swift has moved on from the Lions to the Eagles and is just his trajectory has just exploded. It's been great for him. Happy you know, last week, the split with Gainwell ended and, and you saw effectively a, 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 a lead back work work share for Swift um, to back up some of your points here. Take a look at the uh, statsational power ranking sheet over on the sharp app where 
Um, there he's crediting Eagles and, and listen, the Eagles are always going to have high rushing yards because of Hertz, but, um, 167 yards on the ground projected for the Eagles. But the real gross number is only 66 yards on the ground projected for the Rams. A little bit of that is going to be noise from before Kyron took over and they were kind of like, not sure what to do at the running back position. And I still don't mind Kyron in terms of getting a running back who gets hundred percent of the touches always has some value, especially in a high uh, total game. I don't care what the defense is or what they do or any of that. But that being said, <laughs> he's getting pricey. He's getting pricey. And, you know, he's up at the level where we don't just need a, an effective vol volume in this game. We need a really good game. Uh, you know, he's already 7K. So we're looking at 28 fantasy points to make value uh, against his um, salary level. So um, there's yeah, that. That's a lot of points for him to put up. I mean, he had what thirty points in week three, where, you know, he had to get two touchdowns to get there. I don't. I just don't see it this week where he's going to have to put up a lot to get there. Yeah, even I mean, more here, than thirty. Here are the numbers. Um, the the ranking sheet does very much like the passing game for the Rams, uh, with a projected three hundred and twelve passing yards, which is one of the better um, passing projections on this entire slate. Okay, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Apparently you could throw on the Eagles this season. Yeah, actually you can. Um, the Eagles have not been as good as you would think they have, they have been um, from a passing perspective, um, defensing the pass. Uh, so I can see Stafford and company doing some damage here. Um, I do like Nakua the best, especially if Cooper Cup doesn't come back. Nakua is your ultimate number one in this lineup. Um, and then follow that would be Tutu Atwell, and then you probably have Higby as a distant third. But yeah, Nakua's he is doing really great things this year, and it's kind of going to be weird to see how he how the things mold together when Cooper Cup comes back. It'll be interesting for sure. Nakua, Nakua, it means no worries. <laughs> All right, sorry, um, I'll stop with that. All right, so. With those games being covered, obviously, Hurts, a really good spot. Um, we want to stack. Last week, actually, it's funny that it wasn't in the top 10, but Hurts to uh, A.J. Brown was also an elite uh, lineup last week if you had it. No one even came close to the nuts, by the way, which could have scored probably over 300 um, last week. So well, uh, another good game for Hurts last week, but a great game for A.J. Brown. I don't think in this matchup, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, I don't know. I don't care. What? Swift is now involved more than he uh, than in the running game than what we've seen in the past. I actually think the involvement of Swift and sort of the elevation of the running game for the Eagles has muted Jalen Hurts' ceiling just a smidge. Um, I feel like the last couple of years, they just didn't have much going on in the running game. So it was a lot of Hurts doing it all. And I think we're, we're seeing a little bit of that effect. Not too much, but a little bit of that ceiling um, being pulled down just a little bit. Um, let's talk about Kirk Cousins cuz we didn't really focus on that Vikings Chiefs game too much. Uh, I think Mahomes is a great play. Um mm -hmm. I have some theories though and I want to run them by you. Mahomes is going to be a great play, but again, he's very difficult to stack and I almost think that you can run Mahomes out naked this week and just maybe do that. Um yeah. I I know we haven't seen a ton of So I have a theory that Mahomes just maybe maybe he Mahomes rarely shows up like he hasn't shown up in a tournament winning lineup yet this season and and he rarely does because we we tend to want to stack our players and you can i think mahomes is almost unstackable it's either 
Kelsey or just run him naked? As a matter of fact, I'd almost rather stack him with pieces from the Viking side. And on the flip side of that game, I have a theory about Kirk Cousins. You ready for this? I've been thinking and thinking about Kirk Cousins, and I think that when you start to pair him up with Justin Jefferson, it gets wildly expensive, and it's, it's, it's quite a difficult pairing. But here's my theory. Jefferson has a pretty good game, puts up like a 27. Okay. Not good enough to win you the tournament. It's too much. It's too expensive. Um, but if, if let's say, let's say Jefferson is putting up like a 36 plus, that probably means that, that Hawkinson isn't making value as the tight end. Because if Jefferson does enough to make value at 9,400, then it's highly unlikely that any other pieces from the uh, from the the Vikings are going to do enough, unless it's one of the cheaper pieces like an Osborne, but like a second expensive piece on that team to also produce a smash level score. So trying to think about how to work my stacks this week around Cousins, because I do like his price point, even though Chiefs defense good, blah, blah, blah. It means nothing to me. The only thing that matters is, you know, the Vikings have been very good. They're at home. So they're more likely than not to play competent and at least make a game of this, right? They could win, but they'll certainly likely to make a game. And the Vikings don't have the kind of running game that you can lean on heavy in a game like this. So it's, you know, passing scoring is going to be how it goes. So I think that the best stack this week my, the, with, with Cousins is probably Addison. And the reason I think is because like if Addison is popping off, you're probably going to get, that means that Justin Jefferson is probably still having an, a good game. Maybe he didn't do enough to justify 9,400. He had a good game. He got 27, got a touchdown, 100 yards, whatever. But not even that, not good enough. But Addison pops off, and that's how Cousins is pulled up. or Addison or Addison and Hawkinson, like some other combination. And that's how Cousins is pulled up into a mathematically good enough score to win a tournament. So it's... If Jefferson is my in my lineup, then I want to use Cousins for sure. I will. Mm -hmm. But if if uh, if Cousins, I don't want to always have Jefferson in my Cousins lineup. I'm more apt to want to pair up Cousins with Addison or Hawkinson, with the with the assumption that this is a game where Jefferson doesn't do it all. So so the other guys get an opportunity. Yeah, that's something. That's something that we have to um, pretty much look at every week, right? Um, Jefferson is such a good player, um, and he's becoming more and more difficult to stack with Cousins because of the price. I mean, it's six. What is it? Sixteen hundred, uh, sixteen thousand, just about sixteen thousand plus to um, stack those two together. Whereas it's like eleven, twelve for um, Addison and about 12 13 for Hawkinson to single just QB plus one so you know it's with Jefferson it's becoming nearly impossible to stack him anymore he's getting to the point where he's almost he's getting more and more difficult to even play in lineups where he the can get value yeah I mean cash games aside the the um the additional caveat here is as we get deeper in the season you know weeks one two and three we were able to pick out 3k players that were smash spots and multiples of them. We had Thielen and, and we had the tank Dell week and the, you know, the Thielen underpriced week. And, and, and there's been a few of those, 
most weeks, more than one. Um, they're getting fewer and fewer. I still have a couple of sub 4K guys picked out this week that I think would be okay, but they don't, you know, they don't stand out in the same way as some of the earlier season ones probably did. And so you're, you know, you need two 3K players to do something in order to start with a $16,000 stack. Think about what four, 5X of 16 is really. And, and that's, you need more 5X than four. And you're talking 65 fantasy points between the, I mean, you could get there. Is that, is that what it is? No, 15, it's 80. 30, it's 80, 80, is it 80? Wait, mm-hmm. 15, oh yeah, that's right. I'm uh, 80, you're talking 75 at 80 fantasy points. So you're asking Cousins and Jefferson to combine for 80 fantasy points. It's really difficult. Jefferson might have a couple of 40 plus games in him over the course of a season. Mm -hmm. But I don't see him and Cousins combining for 80 ever. Cousins Cousins is the one where I would be like, um, him going over 30 points, he's not done it that many times in his career. I could Um, see them getting 60. Yeah, 60. And I could see... You know, Jefferson doing 35, potentially hitting 40. But when you go to 40 plus as a wide receiver, you got to have, you know, pretty close to 200 yards receiving. Um, You know, it's got to it's got to be in and around about the same game that A.J. Brown just had last week. Yeah, could happen. And by the way, A.J. Brown did that without dragging. So and and Hertz didn't even get to 30 in that game, which is wild. Like the the wide receiver could get there. uh, Doesn't necessarily drag the, the quarterback there. But so. It's just an interesting um, mathematical dilemma where I found, like I said, that it's a lot more fun to make a Cousins, Addison, Hawkinson version of a lineup or a Cousins, just Addison. And so I think it's viable is what I'm saying. We spent a lot of time on on that because there aren't that many, I I think, viable stacks this week. So I think it was worth um, giving that game a little bit of extra time. So as crazy as this game is, Naked Mahomes, yeah. Or cousins not stack with Jefferson makes for interesting approaches to trying to take down the Millie Maker this week. I can see it for sure. All right. Um, let's get the old game cards back on screen here, Burns, and um, we'll talk about some other games that are popping up. I, I don't have interest in a lot of these games. I, I'm not going to have anything from this Patriots Saints game, really. I'm not super excited about Ravens at the Steelers, uh, Bengals at the Cardinals. Uh, I, I do have some interest there, but um, there's a couple other spots I think that really stand out. At the high end, I think Anthony Richardson is in play every week territory for me. Yeah, he is becoming that kind of a guy this year. Um, he's getting it with his feet. You know, he had a rushing touchdown last week, if not two. Um yeah, he's passing it through the air as well. I wish he would have dragged Michael Pittman last week with him. That would have been amazing, but he didn't. Um, but he's got a better matchup through the air this week against the Tennessee Titans, who are pretty porous against the pass. Um, wish- they're very good against the run, so I see Zach Moss being irrelevant in this game. Um, so it just becomes a passing game for the, for the Colts. And, you know... Maybe Richardson, Richardson can run. Yeah, one in he'll do his thing down by the goal line or something. And then, you know, I do like um, on the opposite side. I do like Derrick Henry on this in this game um, as well. So, 
I think the uh, the passing attack of the Titans is is relatively unplayable. Um, yeah, I think Richardson here. You know, one unfortunate thing about Michael Pittman, they just overpriced him for his role in this in this offense and his his average scoring. So it it, it does make it very difficult to play Michael Pittman because even a great game for Michael Pittman, I'm not sure. I, I think Michael Pittman's ceiling this season is probably floating maybe around. 4x of this 6500 price but i think it's a long shot that you're gonna get you know i need 5x like let's be real if, if i play a 6k player i need i need around 30 fantasy points to try to take down the big tournament i, I don't know that with anthony richardson that it's really probably in the cards we'll see i think he's got that in his ceiling still but i, I don't like the mid-range of outcomes for I don't, I don't think on average like Pittman is going to get you 18 you know and and you should really like players that I look at their salary and I say average are they gonna get me two and a half to three x this salary and if so I think that's fairly priced and I, I don't think that's what we have for uh Pittman in this one um I definitely agree with your Derek Henry take if this is a close game it's because Henry's doing his thing um I think Richardson is a weirdly another quarterback that you could probably roll out naked yeah, for sure. I painted a scenario where he just throws to five different tight ends and like he could just do it. And like you're like, who's this guy? And you're like, wait, Mercedes Lewis is on this team too. Like, who else is on this fucking team? Alec Ogletree busts out with a touchdown. You know, I think he uh, had two. I think yeah, Ogletree I mean, had two. Did he? I mean, like everybody's drafting Ultra last week. It was Kyle Granson. Mo Ali Cox gets a touchdown. Like, there aren't just too many randos that are catching eight pass and a touchdown. I think Richardson is possibly naked category at this point for me, just like unstacked lineup. I know it's weird. You know, it's going to fuck up statsational. He don't like that. He's like, ah, you know, it like puts a glitch in his matrix. Can't even handle it. I was like, I don't know what to do with this, but sometimes you got to roll out a quarterback unstacked. Like yeah. that's what you got to do. Um, reminder, we're talking to Burns, the author of secrets of the DraftKings. Millie Maker, and we're going through the NFL Week Five slate here on the DFSR YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe, notification bell, all that good stuff. And if you want to pick up Burns's book, it's got stats and detail. There's basically pages where you just like, as you're picking each position, it's like all these different um, uh, bullet uh, rules of thumb for each position group. And you just, it's a great reference to have on paperback. So make sure you go check that out. Link in the description below. Um, so Burns, after those three pace up games where are you going at quarterback we talked about Mahomes and Cousins we've got Hurts out of the way um there's there's a couple of uh, you know in Richardson so I'd yep. say there's a one more uh two more games with, at least with high totals here with the with the Lions and the Dolphins and then we have some other games that I think are interesting so where are you going at the quarterback position outside of those obvious spots we already discussed uh, one uh, one or two other spots that you could potentially go to well, where I will be going to is I'm going to be going into that Cincinnati-Arizona game on the non-Cincinnati side. I think Joshua Dobbs, or Dobbs, sorry. Joshua Dobbs has performed very well the first four weeks through the season. And um, he's actually done more than what I think anyone in their right mind would even think of this happening. And I bet you people up in Cleveland are like, what did we just do to give up this guy? I, uh, <laughs> I have to tell you, Burns. I th So in my notes this week, 
I write that, you know, in the before in, in the preseason, I was actually having this discussion with Sislowski on one of our uh, fantasy football shows. Who is this year's Geno Smith? Now, yeah. let's remember what Geno Smith was last year. He was this dude that we all had this cognitive bias against. Like, oh, Seattle coming in to lose. They're throwing Geno out there. We all know Geno sucks. And Seattle's going to be the worst team in the league this year. And what happened last year? All of a sudden, Geno didn't suck. Yeah. And and my whole entering the season, like, oh, I don't want anything to do with DK Metcalf, any of these pass catchers. That team is a disaster. I don't want their running back. They're not going to score any points. All of that. And, and it took me a few weeks. And then I was like, you know what? The, we have to release the cognitive bias. And you got to now look at what Dobbs is doing. And my guy is has rushed for over 40 yards in three of the four games this season. He's throwing for touchdowns. The interceptions have not been there. I think Dobbs is playing competent QB right now. Will that continue? I don't know. But he's playing competent QB at the moment. He is, and um, I'm glad to see it. You know, I, I like seeing guys like this come out of nowhere, and all of a sudden now you have a new wrinkle that you have to put into play. You know, we all know Josh Allen. We know Mahomes. We know all these guys, right? But these guys that come out of nowhere, and they're 5,200 on DraftKings, just makes it that much easier, like the build lineups. You you get him in there at 5,200, and you pair him up with, you know, Marquis Brown, or you pair him up with, you know, last yeah. week's Michael last Wilson. Week's, yeah, not just last week. Michael Wilson has been doing it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he been doing it. Week two, I think, as well. Yeah. And so you pair him up with like these types of guys. You know, Marquis is at five thousand. That's where he needs to be. Uh, Michael Wilson. You know, they didn't they didn't blow up his salary. He's still 3. under four k. Three point seven k. Michael Wilson. I want to talk about the power of a cheap quarterback because the leverage power of a cheap quarterback, I think is more than people understand. You know, for a lot of years, Burns, my, my sort of thing was let me play the cheaper running backs. And if I fall onto the right one, um, that will lead to tournament victories, which it has over the years. The problem with doing that approach, of course, is, um, you know, in, in cash games and whatever, in, in, if you're trying to min cash, that's not a great way to do it. You want to just get those studly guys in there. But when you're trying to take down tournaments, the leverage you get from the 5K or last week, for example, my my big finish was with Khalil Herbert, a sub 5K running back putting up 25. The reason that's so powerful is because that gives you a 5 or 6X salary where a guy like Bijan at 8K, 8, 16, 24, he hasn't even hit 32. That's right. a 4X. He needs a 40 to give you 5X. Um, we saw a 5X from Christian McCaffrey last week, but it took the game of the year from Christian McCaffrey to do it at that price. More often than not, those guys are good cash game or small tournament, don't need a 250, but can get by with like a 190 type type approach, right? So, yeah. And I'm glad you prefaced it that way because a lot of people believe that, you know, these guys just have to go out there and get you 3X. Well, to win the Millie Maker, he had to put up 51 points to pay off his salary to win you a Millie Maker last week. <clears throat> Granted, if you even, didn't have him, you weren't going to win, but you know he, he was, was that he, guy. He wasn't even in every single top 10 Millie Maker lineup. That's how... Uh, so the metric, the way this works, and, and the, the numbers. So at 5K, 
in order to deliver a 5x performance, um, Josh Dobbs needs to put up 25. That that puts you on pace for a 250 on DraftKings, right? right? Now he's averaging about that, right? He's averaging like 22. So so if, especially if you wipe out week one where it was kind of like you know he just added you know he just joined the team like days before, right? Or or not long before that. So the guy's averaging close to 5x this salary already. If he has any sort of a pop game, he's getting you 6x. I mean, if he's in the upper 20s, you're gold. And for any quarterback that's running for 40 to 50 yards a game, has the potential to get a high 20s type of score. I mean, shit, we've seen a high 20 score this year from freaking, uh, you know, some really shitty quarterbacks. Like, I, I think Zach Wilson did something like that last week. So, like, anybody can kind of do that. Yeah, I mean, even in week four, the guy that won the Millie Maker, he had Goff in his lineup, and he scored – he didn't even score 20 DraftKings points, and you can, he had them. But it's the way that he molded um, Goff with Laporta. He didn't have Amon Ra, so he didn't go for that high-priced WR1, and it made a lot of sense. It was it actually turned out to be like $10,000 combined salary because Laporta was 4K, and Goff was like 6000 or 6500 Effectively. In in that lineup, Laporta made up for the fact that Goff um, didn't deliver. But right. here's the math on. So if if you're listening to this thinking, what are you stupid? Why would I play Dobbs when Mahomes is in the game of the week? Right. Mahomes and has to score 40. That's it. That's the reasoning. I'm winning if Dobbs gets me 20. So Dobbs at 3000 less than Mahomes. Let's do the math. Right. Mm -hmm. He's 3,000 less than Mahomes. So if we're looking at points per dollar value, that 3,000, that, that represents three points. We want to uh, hit that times five. So 15 fantasy points is my buffer between the 8K Mahomes slash Hertz or the 5K Dobbs slash one other 5K guy, which right. I am hesitant. I want you to say the name because I refuse. So um, with with that being said, a 25 from Dobbs is equal to a 40 from Mahomes or Hertz. So now let's sit here and discuss what's more likely to happen. Am I more likely to get a 40 from Mahomes or Hertz? Or am I more likely to get a 25 out of Dobbs or some other 5K-ish range quarterback? Yeah, <clears throat> you're more likely to get it from the guy that's lower salaried than you are the guy that's higher salaried. Um, and another thing is, is that with these high salaried guys, just look who you have to stack with. Um, with Mahomes, you have to stack with Kelsey. That's main. That's the mainstay stack in that lineup. And then um, on the hurt side, you have AJ Brown, who's eight thousand dollars. He's got to score another forty DraftKings points to pay off his salary. And then you got Devonta Smith, who's only $500 less. So he's got to do in and around, you know, uh, 35 to 40 as well. So it it's a very difficult proposition in your lineups to pay off this value that you need to win. And that's why we're seeing more and more guys um, in the winning Millie Maker lineups outside of Josh Allen last week where they're, they're five 6,000. Salary quarterbacks. CJ Stroud, Stroud's been pretty much dancing around the Millie Maker nuts uh, all season long as well. 
Uh, he's been hanging out at five. Now they, they raised up his salary this week and, and it's less exciting, but you know, when you have these guys coming in in that, in that low fives, it's just such a, it's just such a strong advantage over trying to pay an eight K guy. Again, there are different approaches for different contest types and, and we can certainly, you know, differentiate between a Millie maker and, you know, something like a 300 entry or a 150 entry where raw points and locking in raw points, especially and more so in cash games, when locking in the raw points is probably more important than points per dollar value. Like you almost throw one spot away in your cash lineup and just lock in some raw point. You know, McCaffrey needs to be in your cash game most weeks and 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 you got to lock in those points in cash. But in tournaments, there is a lot of benefit to to understanding this math. And and leaning that way and just saying, you know what, if if it burns me, if this is that week where that elite player just goes so crazy that nothing could catch him and 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 okay, accept yeah. it, probably weren't winning anyway, right? You probably right. you probably weren't winning. So now it's about what gives us the best chance. So the the other component for the Millie Maker is those studs are also generally going to be significantly higher owned. So I can you can get a lot of leverage by rolling the dice on some of these other spots. And, and again, this doesn't really pertain to the middling, the 6,600 levels, the, probably 7K to 6K. That's probably the zone of goodness. But there is, if if it's a week where it's a choice between 8K or 5K, I think there's enough gap there that, that you can make a very strong argument to focus heavier on the cheaper guys and, and just catch the right one. Be right. Right. Yeah. And, that, um, and you know, our... That's kind of why we we do what we do, right? You know, we we provide content for individuals that that outside of the top players in the world, you know, your top five, six hundred players in the world who are doing this on a on a consistent basis, like we are. You know, the individuals they don't understand value. They don't understand the value that it takes to win a tournament versus one tournament versus another. So I don't know that I don't know that anybody doesn't. I don't assume that anybody does or doesn't understand anything. I'm not going to I don't assume that I just like I like to point it out because for me personally, it helps my ears mm -hmm. to hear the math behind it. That's why I say these things out loud. That's why I, say, I think them through. Listen, we're just I'm just I, I don't see myself different from anybody else who's watching this. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm trying to, figure we have out to. We have to go through it because, you know. Like I went through it in the book, you know, I, I took the, the way I approached the book was I wanted to make sure that how I wrote it was, you know, I didn't assume that anybody knew anything about anything. And so I wanted to make sure that by providing it this in that format, you know, it helped you to understand those intricacies within the book. And so that's kind of how I approach it you know, every week, like it's a different puzzle every week. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen every week. Um, we make educated choices based off of our research and, but we also understand value. We, we know a single entry hundred player contest is going to be a lot different than we play a 2000 contest, 20,000 contests and 200,000 contests. Each one is variance. Absolutely it's through the roof variance as you get higher and higher in, in, in entrances. And so understanding value, like Mahomes, you know, yeah, he's going to be a part of your player pool in those contests, but you know, maybe a lower salaried guy is going to do it for you instead of Mahomes. I don't know. Absolutely. So let's continue on through this quarterback position. Um, we talked about CJ Stroud as a potential pay down option. 
Um, any other pay down options here? You know, Mitch Trubisky is uh, supposed to be uh, stepping in for the for the Ravens. Yeah, that's Stop a very it's a very interesting dynamic with him. I, he's a better quarterback than Pickett by a long shot. Um, Trubisky is actually when he was with the the Bears, he actually was in a winning Millie Maker lineup way back in the day. Um, he's he's a mobile quarterback. He's not a guy that's just going to sit in the pocket and throw, but he is older, so that might be limited more that so. That game's than, got a 38 point total too. It's not exactly yeah. sexy. I don't no, know it's not that. it's not a it's not a great game to play. Uh even Lamar, I mean, he's way he's getting up there to the point where in a game like this, she can't even play him. Um, but he did pop off last week for 30 plus. Um, but Trubisky is a guy that, you know, he can sling it better than um, Pickett. And I think it was just atrocious. I mean, gosh, that guy was atrocious last week in a very good spot, but you know, whatever. Um, live so, and learn with that guy. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about some other potential QBs. Um <laughs> I'm seeing one name that is uh, popping on the value chart here on the optimizer as I sort by value. And it's a scary one, but um, Danny Dimes, <laughs> can you go there at 5,800? Um, I think another one that I've identified and another scary, scary one is probably Zach uh, Milson uh, going up against the league worst Broncos <laughs> defense right now. They are by far the worst defense in the NFL. I don't know that this is a Wilson smash spot as much as it is a Jets running game and defense smash spot, but you never know um, there. So any other names, uh, I, I, CJ Stroud, I guess, uh, now getting priced up a little bit. Any other any other QBs that the Shark Lab is pointing towards for week five? Well, I mean, Danny Dimes, <clears throat> the problem with Danny Dimes is, is that his offensive line has not been very good this year. Um he popped off last year in similar spots like this. Um, and he burned, you know, if you didn't have him, he burned you. Um, he did in week two, but his going up a bit against a better defense than Arizona. Um, and his offensive line is just getting worse and worse as the season goes along. Um, Wilson. Yeah. I mean, he, he's in play simply because of the fact that Denver's defense is so atrocious. Um, so I can see that, um, you know, I don't know. You'll have, if you have shares of Wilson this week, so be it. Am I a Wilson believer? I don't believe so. I think he just had a good game last week and he was competent enough to put up 20 plus DraftKings points, but more often than not, he's not going to do that on a week to week basis. Um, even with a really bad quarterback, but if he's going to make your lineups because he's $4,900, on DraftKings and the value is just going to be there. Um, but, you know, there will be a guy, there will be a quarterback that nobody thinks about that, you know, who, who will make value this week for sure. Um, I have there, always, there usually is, but I don't know. I, I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing one hiding here. I think we've it identified. I, I think we identified the best ones. Really we did. Do. We did identify the best ones. There's a. There's always a a lurking one yeah. that we didn't. We didn't really talk about too like this. It's like he's kind of a guy that is lurking there. Um, everybody's like, oh man, this is this is really going to be a um, a running game. There, the line just is telling you that. Um, you know, I could see him 
I could see him throwing to Waddle for a couple of touchdowns, and then they go to the run in the second half, and him and Waddle make value in the first half. Um, and you know, he that that could happen. Um, is it likely to happen? I don't know. It's it's a tough it's a tough one to determine. I mean, he needs three quarters full play to make value. He's not a he's not a huge rushing quarterback, so. Yeah, it's it, uh, again the only way I think Tua is in the beating they put on Denver. It was all the running game, mm-hmm. but we learned two things. Number one, we learned that the coach in Miami does not have any problem running up the score, and against a team like the Giants, you might be able to seriously run up a score, right? And they had yeah. no issue with it. Um, the second component is even in that run up score game, forty touchdowns scored. Tua didn't actually produce much of a of a score himself. Like he got like a twenty five, which was fine. But uh, you know, considering how many points the team scored, you noted that they just went run heavy. So um, that's certainly a risk. But uh, but I don't think they're going to need him. It's more of a I don't think the the Giants will be able to resist all that much. Yeah, like, the Giants defense should not be able to do much to hold down Miami. And the Giants' defense isn't terrible. Um, they're actually fairly competent. Uh, it's just that game last that game on Monday night when I, I was watching it, and, and it really was all the offensive line. It was really bad. Um, it wasn't. I, listen, that's excuses. I, I refuse to accept. Yes, the offensive line was terrible. But if you're if you're Danny John, uh, if you're Daniel Jones, you need to get the ball out fast. If you know that's the case, or or be gone. And you can't just sit there. He was hesitant. I saw him mm-hmm. hesitate multiple yeah. times. I saw him unaware of the password. I'm not allowing that to be just the offensive line. There are other issues there, and the quarterback's confidence is an issue at times with that team. And and he just, you know, it's on the coaching staff. Oh, it's all it's a way. it's all around. Yeah, that. there are. I'm. I don't want to assign that just to the offensive line. There there are problems in that game, then I think that team can correct, but, but, um, you know, Miami's a better defense than what the giant, than Seattle. <laughs> Come on. So Seattle was one of the worst. What was so disturbing about Monday was Seattle's like, had like two sacks on the year. They were not, they are not a good defense. So yikes when the giants face a good defense, but it could have just been one of those games. Um, but yeah, I think, um, outside of the QBs that we discussed, I don't really have anybody. I don't think I'm going to have Daniel Jones in my pool and I'm not going to go with burrow this week. So that's out for me. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say, you know what? Show me first, Joe Burrow. I'm not going to be suckered anymore. Well, he's still hurt, so yeah, I'm just not gonna be suckered into like, is this the week? I'm not gonna guess it. I have to see it before I roster him going forward. Um, let's talk running backs. Running backs gonna be tricky. I just did a sort on the Dom station by value, and it's funny because the the ones that are popping on value are definitely not on my I'm interested in in using them this week list. So that's weird. Actually, right. I, I don't really think it's a tough week this week. I think it's actually it's an easier week than last week. Um, well, I like I like the sound of that. So um, there let's are go through it. Where, some who do really we like? good spots um, just from a metric standpoint of defenses against the rush. Um, you know, the Carolina Detroit game is that is a prime game for um, Montgomery to blow up again after his three touchdown blow up last week. Um, another game that is there that is defensively metrics wise rushing against them is the, the jets going up against Denver. Um, it looks like to be a good uh, spot for Brees hall. 
word um, comes down from the coaching staff that Brees Hall is no longer on a snap count. Believe it believe when it, we see it. <laughs> believe it or not. Well, believe it when we see it. Um, other ones that are there, you know, Atlanta going up against Houston, Atlanta, uh, B. John Robinson and co. They're um, they're in a good spot. And on the other side of the football, too, you know, um, Damian Pierce could be in a good spot as well. Uh, I think the one – I think one of the really nice spots is um, Derrick Henry going up against Indianapolis uh, in indoors. It's a very good spot there. And then, you you know, you got in that Giants-Miami game, you got the Miami Dolphins that are just exploding um, from a fantasy points perspective. Are, are we going to see it every week? Is there going to be a downfall in terms of how much fantasy points they score this week? I don't know. Um, we don't know. But we know. could see – we could absolutely see Mostert and Devon in the winning lineup together. I, I've been hearing that a bit. Um, I don't like that you've been hearing it because that makes me off of it. I've been I, I, it's it something I, I thought about that. Hopefully you're hearing it from me and not like some other place because. I heard it from you, but I've heard it from others. Um, but the one guy, the one spot I think that's going might go under the radar. Maybe not. I hope, hopefully it does because I really like this spot for this individual is uh, uh, James Conner. Yes. Uh, another I one I like a lot. I love this spot for him. It's really nice. And uh, Swift. Swift is in a great spot as well. So I, I really yeah. think it's not a difficult week running back-wise. I don't know how to agree harder. I, I do think if you're going to choose one of the Miami running backs, you have a chance of being wrong. Mm -hmm. If For me, I, 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 I'm, not, I'm trying not to allow recency bias to creep in, but it does feel a little recency biased. But I'm favoring uh, Devon over Mostert. A uh, couple different reasons. Number one, Mostert still is a guy who gets hurt a lot. And I think he's an in-game injury risk every single game. So if I'm looking at minor factors, I also noticed that uh, Devon just was a little bit more, a little bit higher snap. Just a little bit. Just a little. Just a smidge higher snap count compared to... Um, Mostert last week. Let me pull up the numbers here. Uh huh. All right. So the rushing uh, usage. Actually, no. You know what? Here, here we go. I I thought I saw when you actually look at the usage, Devon did get more carries, but Mostert saw more targets, okay. and it ended up leveling out last week. And it's funny because Mostert isn't traditionally a pass catching running back per se, but the way Miami uses these guys, I think part of the thing that's messing up projection models for these two, because they never project well. I actually had a big Twitter argument with somebody over this because they weren't projecting that well. So why would you use a guy who's not projected when there were other, like Miles Sanders was available. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> just because Miles Sanders is going to get like four more touches on that shitty team that never scores. That is not a reason I'm going to play him over the guys on the, on the Miami team with a 55 point total, but uh, in a game with a 55 point total, but these guys won't get as many touches as the names that you just spit out. Um, most of those guys will get more than 14 to 16 opportunities. And that's concerning, too. I mean, we look when we want running backs, we want volume. But these guys are just getting it done yeah. um, without all that volume. And that that is a concerning factor.
I, I really think you just nailed the running back position. I love Montgomery this week. I'm liking Brees Hall more and more. Um, Derrick Henry is in a, this is the kind of game where Derrick Henry does well. So you want, you don't want to Derrick Henry every week. This is one of those weeks. I think Bijan is fine. Love to see Bijan finally have that signature game. Um, I'm going to throw some other names out there. And I, and I really love the Connor call. He's on my sheet uh, as well. I, I, I sat and I have the same thoughts that you did, which was, you know, Bengals kind of suck right now. So, you know, Connor, we kind of forgot about him. But if if the if the Cardinals are going to be a competent team, Connor gets five targets a game. Like, he's doing everything you want. So after those guys, I don't know if you mentioned Swift, but but Swift is in that group for me as well of guys that I'm just, like, confident in for this week. But I want to throw a couple of names out there that are a little more under the radar. First is the primary one, really, for me is Joe Mixon. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Joe Mixon guy. Believer. No, but I also know that Joe Mixon will deliver a 50 point smash generally once a year. Now that's a stupid thing to say in fairness, but he's done it that way for like three years in a row where most of the season was pretty mid. And then there's the one game where he goes bananas. So I, I, I feel weird to leave him off. It is a very good matchup for Mixon and his salary is at a supremely reasonable level for the usage that you get out of him. Is this the week that Joe Mixon does his pop-off needed to have him game? I mean, it's there, you know, Arizona. Let's, let me just check a little, couple of things here. Okay. Uh, if it was to be a week, this is probably going to be the week. Uh, Arizona is 31st against pass catching running backs. Um, you know, Joe Burrow, we talked about in the quarterback section, he's not doing, he's just injured. He's not Joe Burrow of last year that can just sling it to chase and down the field. You know, Higgins is out this week. You know, you got Trent Irwin that's going to come in and play. You got Boyd. They they really don't have a tight end. Um, Irv Smith is probably still hurt. Um, and Chase, he's just not getting the ball down the field. So now he's going to have to – he's going to become pretty much like the de facto uh, – car situation that we saw last week with Alvin Kamara where he was injured and all he could do was throw the ball down the uh, you know short passes to the to Kamara that could actually be the case here again like with Mixon um we could or, see I don't know like who, who else is he dumping it off short to you know the only other guy I could see is is Boyd across the middle and out of the slot but I mean Boyd had the same Boyd was going up against Tennessee and they weren't very good last week against the pass and they didn't, he was great spot. They priced him up $400 more from last week. And, you know, I, you're not going to get any much better than last week. And he, he dudded. Yeah. Um, just cause they, just cause they failed last week does not absolutely mean they're going to fail again here, no. but I agree with you. Uh, you know, I, I, I do think that I hate to say it, but I think Jamar Chase is still fine. Like Jamar Chase is, is probably set for like 12 to 14 targets in this one. Oh, I don't yeah. know that they're going to be the best targets or anything, but I think that volume alone is more than enough to potentially to give Chase that floor ceiling combination that we want in tournaments, um, regardless of if it works or not. I don't know. But but regardless of that component, I think you could play Jamar Chase. His price is down significantly below the other studs, um, a lot of the other studs on the slate. So I think he's fine. Mixon is just a tough one. It's 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 tough to pull that trigger. I like everybody else, 
so much more. Um, so it's tough to pull the trigger. Uh, I'm not super interested in Kamara, even though he's coming off a 14 target, 13 reception game. Although I would say the same about Kamara. Good chance he gets a lot more targets and a lot more receptions. And he certainly has the upside to pop off because if you're throwing it to Alvin Kamara, he only needs to make one person miss a tackle and he's already at 15 fantasy points. Like he can get there so fast. Yeah. That cool. But he's definitely not somebody I want to build around. He'll be somebody that will make his way in like the five to 7% range in my MME, much more so than somebody I want as a featured part of my lineups this week. I think you mentioned everybody that I want as a featured lineups guy. And, and none of them are these other guys that we're talking about now. Um, the only other one that I want to ask you about is Pacheco. Mm -hmm. Pacheco. Slate breaker against an elite Jets rush defense last week. Was that just because Mahomes had been out partying with Hugh Jackman <laughs> and Ryan Reynolds and, 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 and Brittany and, and, and T-Swiz and the whole crew the night before? They couldn't get their shit right. <laughs> and so they just had to run the football. Or are the Chiefs occasionally going to lean heavy on the run because this is the same chiefs offense that's been in place for like seven years. I like, we know this offense pretty well. I don't think it's going to change its philosophy all that quickly. Usually they, they use a lot of running backs. Do we need to account for Pacheco here? Or can we just say, you know what? Anomaly last week. No, uh, these other guys, all better spots. Why bother? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to look at one thing. And obviously uh, I only told that, I mentioned him because I wanted to talk about Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds and that whole story. <laughs> um, Blake you know. Lively is out in the club. You don't even know who Blake Lively is. That's how math you are. Burns doesn't even watch a show to know who Blake Lively is. Like right now you're staring at me. I guarantee you have no idea who that is. I only know her because I saw her in the images, but, um, and she's what married to Ryan Reynolds and stuff. I know who he is, but um, yeah, I've I never knew, seen. You don't know who Blake. I, I've never seen anything with her. She's all right. Um, <laughs> uh, You're not a Gossip Girl fan. Nah, man. What were you watching in the in the 2000s, bro? Come 2000s? On. Oh shit! Um, Gossip Girl. It was not that. I never watched what, that shit. Wasn't that? Okay. No, uh, I don't even remember in the 2000s. Man, I was in house. early 2000s. House. house. I see you watching that. Uh, um, no. <laughs> Early 2000s, I was at Ohio State, so I wasn't really, I don't know what the fuck I was watching. All, right, was, all right, don't worry about it. I was watching a keg is what I was watching. Yeah, probably. that's what you're supposed to be watching at Ohio State. Nice. <laughs> uh, watching a keg and watching us beat the crap out of Michigan every year. There it is. So, um, but um, actually, to be honest with you, I, I'm not sure if it's a Pacheco week this week. Um, I was right. I was on the train of McKen um, Jarrett McKinnon. Uh, a couple weeks back and he put up a really nice fantasy score for a guy that was 4,500. I mean, he, you know, and people were nice not even close yeah. to being on him. Could this be another week? You know, Minnesota's not, not all that great. They're middling against pass catching running backs. Sure. I could see uh, McKinnon having a decent week this week again. Um, you know, I'm not looking at anything extravagant. I'm not looking at a, 30 pointer from him but if he eclipses 20 you know that's a really good week for him um i'm not sure if it's a pacheco week again so i i feel that all right let's move on let's talk about and and that's it for me at, at running back uh did we miss anybody is there a sneaky running back that that 
we missed or do you want to talk some wide receivers? No, I think we got it. Um, I would like say that Bijan is probably in a really good spot here. I just hope that they give him the volume that he Bijan. needs to get there. So Bijan with the coveted 100 ranking. That is as good as it gets, ladies and gentlemen. When you look at DFS Army's optimizer domination station, sign up with DFS Army, promo code geek, 10% off. But when you're using the optimizer and you sort by rating, this is normally going to put you on the better plays. And really, one of the reasons I mentioned Mixon is because he is popping up here in the, um, you know, in the uh, ratings model. Yeah. And of course, Derek Henry's there. And then there's some other names here that I don't know about. I guess Ramondre, you know what? Somebody I'm, I wasn't looking at, I, I guess I have to address it. Ramondre's popping. Yeah, I saw that too. I'm um, not really sure why, but yeah, he's popping. Me neither. I don't know. I, I you know, we'll mention it briefly here in case he goes off. Everybody will have that memory nugget. But beyond <laughs> that, no, he's not somebody who I was on this week, uh, particularly. And uh, you know, I'm seeing Zeke Elliott get more carries and whatnot. But don't forget about Dre. Nowadays, yeah, everybody wants to talk like they got something to say, you know. But that offense is another offense that is just they're going in the wrong direction. Mac Jones got pulled for Bailey Zappi last week. It's just going in the wrong direction. And I don't know, you know, is he, is he worth putting in your lineups? Maybe. I don't know. You want to hear something crazy Burns? You kind of sound like Belichick when you speak. Yeah. You've got a Belichickian uh, way of delivering uh, words. Just thought about it. Yeah. It's a yeah, great thing. That's a great man to be similar to, I guess. I don't know. If I can be compared to Belichick, except guys, for when the... you're watching this, for everybody who's watching this, doesn't does Burns give off a little Belichick vibe when <laughs> when when he when he speaks? I think so. I get a Maybe. I get a Belichick vibe from you. Um, I try not and I, I try not to show all the cards, you know, try to keep them close to the vest. Yeah, no, yeah that kidding. that too. That too. <laughs> Wait a second. Are you Belichick? What is happening here? Let me just figure uh, out. I'm kidding. You <laughs> all right? Uh, I'm going to talk wide receiver and. Should I should I reveal my my value of the week wide receiver? I already know who it is, so you can reveal it or keep it close to the vest. I'm going to reveal it. Listen, part of the thing with DFS Army, this is a family, and I want I want people who are watching this video, I want people who subscribe to the channel, who subscribe to DFS Army as part of our community. I want them to smash, and I always care more about that than my own smashes. Though I I care very much about. Me smashing as well. I love to win. I love the feeling of winning. But um, I also want you guys to win. And I love it when you guys win. So, of course, I don't hold anything back. <laughs> Better or worse, right? So, my um, my value of the week, and unfortunately, the projection model agrees, meaning um, I, I say unfortunately because that probably means that it's not as sneaky as I thought when I was coming up with this on uh, Tuesday and my first look uh, videos. Wondell Robinson at Stone Min 3K. Now, we already talked about all these expensive quarterbacks and, oh no, how the hell am I going to fit Mahomes in a lineup and he's so expensive and the stacks are crazy. How am I going to fit, uh, you know, Hurts and it's a crazy expensive stack and how does that work? Or any of the 7K guys also... It's it's hard to make a lineup this way, especially with the barrenness at tight end, which we'll get to in a second. Need a 3K player to make it work. Wandale is the 
WR1, in my opinion, for the Giants. In a game where the Giants will be behind and throwing, there's no point. Saquon Barkley probably not going to be back, although he might. He might be back for the game, but probably not. They're going to be behind and throwing a ton. I believe that Wandale Robinson is the WR1 for the New York football Giants. At Stoneman 3K, I only need four targets, 50 yards. If he gets me the touchdown, I'm doing fucking backflips. If he does anything more than that, six, seven receptions, I'm doing backflips on this play. 3K player burns. Stoneman. Yep. Popping. Yeah, he, Pop. had a really, he had a really good game on Monday. Um, Considering yeah. how bad the Giants were? Yeah. He's fast. Um, they use him in short passing situations. Um, I can see it, you know, he's, he's shifty, very difficult to get down. Um, Jalen Hyatt is still trying to operate in the offense. He's, he's a rookie still trying to figure it out. No, he's um, not that guy. He's I not don't that know guy. what's going on with Hodgins. Don't know what's going on with Slayton. You know, these he's are the guys that, guy. that have been there, but Wondell Robinson, you know, he's just that guy that gets, he gets free. And, you know, I could see him going off for four or five catches in this game, 50 yards. And, you know, maybe he gets into the, into the end zone and sees pay dirt. You know, it's, it's a 3K you're looking at right there. You're looking at 17, 18 points. I said oh, the same yeah. thing about Tank Dell. I think it was in week two. Uh, we weren't on him because I thought he was going to go bonkers for 35 fantasy points. That was not the reason. The reason we're on him is because, hey, this guy is getting volume. He is a featured wide receiver on a team, and he's priced as if he's an afterthought. When you look at the other people priced at 3K, you've never heard of any of them. Right. You don't even know the name. Who is that? I don't know. So there's not another viable. <laughs> the Most of them are, are completely not viable. There are WR3s or 4s or 5s for their teams. Here, I believe we're getting the WR1. Yeah for a shitty team, which makes it exciting. So with that being said, we just, I just, I probably, you know what, at, at the, you're supposed to hold, I guess, those kind of nuggets for the end, but I put it right at the beginning. So, you know, I do have another sub three K player that I love as well, which we'll talk about when we get to that section, but let's just, let's just do a brief overview of wide receiver. I really want to actually get to tight end, which I love the shark lab takes on. But um, is there anything at wide receiver outside of our, our usual sort of QB wide receiver stacks at the top? Hey, Justin Jefferson, 100 rating, great. Tyreek Hill, you know, if that game pops off, it's not like stand out for me because they might not need him, but he can always go off. Um, Cooper Cup is not showing a Q tab. I don't know what the fuck that's about. I don't even know if he's going to play. Do we? I don't know what that's about, to be quite honest. Um, you know, Brown and, and, and Smith are really just stack with Hurts guys for me most weeks. Puka looking good. Um, how are we looking at the high end here? It's just stackable. Or, or I, I I don't know that I want to play too many of these guys as standalone plays. But what do you what do you think of this group as a whole? Yeah, I mean it's you know Jefferson's in a pretty good spot. Reeks in a good spot. You know, like you said, um, I actually like um, I kind of like uh, Waddle more in that game um to pop off a little bit more than reek you're gonna save fifteen hundred dollars off of reek does two um, need to feed his guy like hey all right jalen it's yeah, time you're right um i'm not on amon Ra this week that might be a that might be a mistake 
Um, a lot of people I've been hearing that they're not on Amon Ra this week. They're not on the passing game. They're more on the running game in that Detroit game. That could be a that could be a mistake this week. You know, Jamar, he's always in a great spot. It's um Jamar you know, this, with no competition for targets in an under the radar game. You know, I gotta tell you something, Burns. When you build a lineup and you start with Dobbs, Hollywood Brown, and Jamar Chase, it feels good. It feels yeah. right. Yeah, I agree. Um, a um, couple others, couple other spots I like. Um, you know, I I like uh, the Baltimore game against Pittsburgh with Zay Flowers. He's pretty much the only guy there at the show. You know, everybody's pretty much injured. It's him and Andrews there. Um, I like uh, the Indianapolis passing attack against uh, Tennessee and their porous defense against the pass. Um, you know, Minnesota against KC. It's it, KC's been a pretty good defense this year uh, against the pass. Uh, we'll see how they all, how that game filters out. You know, um, does it meet the total points in this game? You know, the 52 and a half, 53 and a half point total. We'll see. Um, another game is that Cincinnati Arizona game um, on both sides uh, of that ball there. Um, I also like, you know, the, the Jets, Garrett Wilson this week, he's he's popping, you know, a little bit. Um, could be a really good week for him this week. You know, it could be a 25, 30-pointer. Garrett is absolutely weirdly in play, although I kind of almost want to mainly use him in some Wilson, in some Milfson stacks as opposed to, it's hard to trust a guy like that. But when you look at the Jets team, they're going to throw to him, you know, a lot. You know, yeah. double digit every single game, regardless. And oh my God, if Milfson has turned around his career and, and starts looking competent, now I want to be there for it, even though I don't believe in it. I want to be there for it. You know, I don't believe in it, but I want to be there for it. Um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna roll through sort of the mid the mid level here. Uh, because you, you mentioned a lot of these guys up top, and and I agree with a lot of what you said. I'm not interested in Olave, no uh, Higgins. Michael Pittman got a really high rating, which is understandable but also you know raises the old brow a little bit mm. things mm -hmm. that make you mm, right so interested but uh down here so uh, initially i i really liked zay flowers in this particular matchup against the steelers i still kind of like him but I i'm not sure what to expect from the ravens just in a, a blowout scenario where that favors the running game where I think, you know, some of the other shitty wide receivers that they have are coming back. The Odell's and Bateman's might be back for this game. Uh, I still think Zay Flowers is by far the best of them. So he's interesting for me at this price. I'm not interested in Cortland Sutton here. Jordan Addison. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One, absolute. One of my favorite sneaky. I don't, is it sneaky? Yes. 1.6% owned. I love this play. He's coming off effectively a shitty game but that was just how that game went last week for the vikings this is a whole different world a whole different matchup i really love jordan addison here it's a really good spot two two atwell's okay what about george pickens with um potentially trubisky at the helm yeah with trubisky it makes it a much better play uh than it would have been with pickett I just Pickett is just not showcasing himself as a good quarterback in the NFL right now. 
I think his I think from a QBR metrics standpoint, he might even be one of the worst in the NFL um, for a starting quarterback. So Trubisky will, you know, it's his first game that he would be starting this year. Uh, he's had some magic in the past. I don't know if I want to go there with that, but with Pickens, I mean, you could potentially go there. He could see, you know, seven plus targets in this game and catch five to seven targets, you know, 60, 70 yards, potentially get in the end zone. Could happen. Yeah. I mean, Trubisky turnaround. I just sorted the, the wide receiver position by ownership. Mm-hmm. And part of it is because I, I feel there are some pretty comfortable fades at the high level of ownership here. Um, I, I'm I'm fascinated that Tyreek Hill is the most highest owned guy above Jeff- Jefferson. I think that is an absolute mistake. I would rather have Jefferson this week than Tyreek Hill. Um, as far as some potential fade spots for me, Adam Thielen at 12% ownership is not really popping at this price point anymore. I don't think that Bryce Young is really capable of producing a 25-point score from his wide receiver at least not frequently Cortland Sutton at, at this ownership I think is actually comical I don't even understand who's clicking this button so if you are you know let me know where you came up with that idea I think it's a terrible play and if that's going to be 11% owned you know fine by me Hopkins at at, at almost 11% ownership is is comical as well why would anybody want to do this I, I don't understand it Nico Collins it's just not a good play this week guys I think it's I, I'm not going to get upset at that one, but, um, you know, be aware that, that uh, you know, the, the Falcons, unless there's an injury there, have an elite CB1 that should be able to slow down Collins. It's probably the week to maybe shift back over to Tank Dell in that game. Robert Woods at high ownership at all is, is a little weird, um, although I don't actually hate it as much this week, but, but that's it for the high-owned guys, right? So I think there's some clear-cut ownership spots that don't really match up well to the matchups. But as we look at the wide receiver position, let's let's um, give me like your takes here. Who are we targeting? Uh, I'm going to continue to sort by salary in the sort of under 6K range all the way down to the bottom. Give me some of the ones that stand out for you outside of uh, if you agree with me here on Addison. Yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with you on Addison. Uh, another guy in the 5K range is Marquis Brown um, at $5,000. That's just that could be a really good spot for yeah. him this week. Love him stacked with Dobbs, like I, with the Marquis de Brown. He's been doing really well every week, regardless. Yeah, I think he had uh, sixteen to eighteen fantasy points last week, and it was, you know, it was just the Michael Wilson show where he just exploded. So, but he still got a lot of targets, and Marquis Brown can get it done every week. Um, he's just that type of receiver. Uh, let's see below that. You know, there's not much in that 4K range. Nope. You know, uh, Osborne. Kind of yeah, Osborne has not been good. Has not been good, but you know, he's part of that game, so fine. I mean, if you want to go back to Boyd, he could potentially get you there. Uh, Tyler Boyd, with Higgins potentially being out this week, so that reduces the target share down further um, to just two guys. In in addition to Mixon. Um, and then once you get down into the 3K range, we talked about when Wandell Robinson, you know, looks like Calvin Austin's popping off for um, high value. But he was in the similar situation last week where 
he was popping for high value last week and he did he did it as well uh, these 3k guys you gotta you know don't go overboard with these guys you know you find like one or two really good ones you know kind of filter them through your lineups but yeah michael wilson that's the other one so you mentioned him a, a bunch of times but yeah the, in this cheapy zone there aren't many viable plays at all as a matter of fact you can almost jump from like 4900 all the way down to just wilson and wandale and yeah. and maybe tyler boy and then just like almost forget the whole rest of it so hopefully as maybe the weekend goes on another value piece or two will present itself um but as of this moment yeah it's hard to build lineups where you either don't go middling or throw a wandale in there or, or or wilson to make it work so again week five shaping up to be interesting and line of construction is going to be uh, thoughtful lineup construction is going to be really, really important. Let's talk tight ends, uh, Burns. And I always like your take on the tight end position because you've got some math stuff uh, mixed in here. So remind me again, what does the Shark Lab uh, look for in a tight end for the Millie Maker, for a Millie Maker lineup? We generally do like the favorites um, <clears throat> in our tight end spots. Um, I do like to go and look at the current year and seeing how that, plays out how it's playing out um for 2023 millimaker lineups we're, we're looking at more than just this uh the winning millimaker lineup but uh we're opening it up to the top 20 lineups so there's going to be a little bit more differences in what we're seeing from a pure metric standpoint um but generally favorites are the ones that we want we want the 24 implied team total and greater for the favorites we want if, it, if we're rostering an underdog, we want an away underdog, and we want to have that uh, implied team total for an underdog of under 24. Um, and got in spots that are popping right now for that I've I'm seeing is the um, Houston game with Schultz coming back into this one into the fray against Atlanta. Um, Atlanta gives up the 30 30 mo. The second most, um, fan, no, third most fantasy points to the tight end position. I had to do the reverse of that. Uh. Um, so they're giving up the third most fantasy points to the tight end position. So Schultz is in play here. Um, so tough to play Schultz. It is. And uh, I'm kind of hesitant against him. Another one that I'm kind of, I'm really hesitant against. And he, he's always popping on the, on any optimizer is Hurts. Hurts. Yeah. Yeah. And he just he, doesn't get it done. He he's had the high floor this year. Um, he's had the high floor. He's he's getting targeted. That's why he popping. It makes sense because his mean projection is very strong because he's getting seven or eight targets uh, for thirty five hundred. You cannot deny that. Yep. I, I do think the good game is coming for Ertz. I I, I think that that it volume might be this week too. It could be this week. I like Ertz this week. Um, I'm I'm on Ertz. Like basically the way I look at the tight end position, I've got him up on screen here. You know, you've got, of course, Kelsey and Hawkinson staring at you if uh, on the payoff. And both are great, right? Great. Love Kelsey. Love Hawkinson. Either one can put up 30 plus. Yeah. The, again, I'm telling you, the game that I might be gravitating on my, a, a lot of my ownership in tight ends this week is the Jets um, uh, Denver game with Conklin. Uh, Conklin. He actually gets the best. Um, he gets the best matchup against the worst defense uh, to the tight end position. Denver's giving up the most points to the tight end position, um, and it's not even close. Um, 
Yeah, and like you said, you know, Kelsey and Hawk, they're in play. But another one that might go under the radar, but I doubt it, is Goddard with Philly. He's in another good spot, too. Yeah, He has not done it yet this year, so this will be the first time. I think Laporta is priced up a little bit too much for my comfort. Um, yeah, Goddard hasn't delivered on this salary at all this season, but but he's been in the offense long enough to know that that, that is coming. So, yeah, I, I'm with you on I'm with you across the board. I think you're either playing Kelsey or Hawkins if you're paying up. I think uh, if you're paying down, uh, you know, Midling is your Goddard hanging out. And then ugh, love that you called out Conklin. He's already in a bunch of my lineups. Uh, you know, the Jets are going to throw to the tight end. That's just what they're going to do. Six, five or six targets in against the worst defense in the league. That's great. Could spike to seven or eight. We've seen it happen with Conklin and, and Zach Ertz. I'm not going to shit on Ertz. I think. If ever there was a time for him to have a good game, I like all the Arizona pieces in this one. And um, let's include Ertz with that. All right. Very briefly, Burns, give me your sneaky defenses of the week. I'll, I'll, I'll share mine first. Okay. I like to pay down on defense, as you know. Yep. So the defense that's popping for me in a week where defense looks pretty shitty, if I'm not willing to spend all the way up, is I I'm going with the Titans here. One of the cheapest ones on the board. Uh, I love Richardson. I love the Colts, but if you watch the way Richardson plays, it is an interception waiting to happen. So, um, I think turnovers will happen in a game like this. I like the Titans for the, one of the cheapest salaries on the board. Yeah, I like that call too. Um, another one in and around about that range of the, you know, between that 28 and under range. I like the Steelers a little bit this week. Um, I still have yet to go through all the metrics on them. So where I make my final decisions, but Steelers could be in play this week. Um, a couple of defenses that I think are in play. Um, I think the Colts are in play. They're a very good defense this week. Um, another, another one that's in play is the Patriots. Um, just don't know what's going on with Carr. his, that arm. Oh man. You could play the it's Patriots. Just, the car is, is not right. And the Patriots are about so one of the things I talked about in my early week was Belichick will know this and he will mm -hmm. game plan for this assumption. You don't want to go in against Belichick if you if you're not 100 percent. Exactly. And yeah. I just think he's injured. It, it, he's just not at his best. Um, and another one, you know, that I like is the Jets going into Denver. Um, I really like that. Just that overall feel of the Jets going in there. Uh, Denver's just not been getting it done on both sides of the ball. Like they've been kind of sluggish on the offense and, you know, Russell Wilson, you know, he's getting older. He, he, he's prone to throwing interceptions. So I, I and like the Jets are, are good. The Jets are, are a very, very, very good defense. Um, yeah. mix, mix in some dolphins in that. And I think you've got, I think you've got it covered. Across uh, yeah. the board here. I was going to say them, and I think they're um, they're a good defense this week. I think they're going to garner a lot of ownership, though. Um, oh, it looks like my sneaky defense is the highest owned, so it's not that sneaky. <laughs> Just sorted by projected ownership, and yeah, it's Titans. Looks like Colts and Dolphins are right up there. So we're uh, Broncos, interesting and probably uh, fascinating as well. So. Yeah, ownership for the defenses is pretty spread out here, though. I don't know if I'd call anything below like these top. I don't even know if I'd call any of them chalky. So 
but yeah, it looks like Titans will be the highest on for good reason. I think the Titans make a lot of sense. Just punt it away, take the cheap mm-hmm. one, get your six or seven, move on and, and, and score elsewhere. So, uh, Burns, that's going to wrap it up for this week's Shark Lab show. Uh, remember, if you want Burns' book, uh, Secrets of the DraftKings Millie Maker, you can get it via Amazon. Just go to Amazon, type in Burns Millie Maker Secrets or link in the description below and sign up at DFS Army. Promo code geek gets you 10% off your VIP or NFL only subscription. It's not too late. It's not too late. We got monthly. We got weekly. We got everything going here at DFS Army. Check it out. There's a free month offer on the website, if uh, right at the top of the website, then I'll show it to you right up here. You got a free month offer. Um, you could click on that. Can you? Oh, you can't see my. Uh, you can't see my uh, cursor. But can you? Uh, can you see it up there? No, you can't see it up there. But there's a free month offer up there, and we want you to come in, be a part of the family, be a part of the community. Check out the tools. Check it out for a month, and if you like it, you'll stick around. If you don't. No harm, no foul. That's how we do it. Yeah. If you like learning how to be better at DFS with sharp minds and sharp people, you get in there. If, if that's not for you, you want to roll solo or keep watching the videos, that's cool too. Hit subscribe, notification bell, all that good stuff here on the YouTube channel. We will see you guys next time.